everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 86 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here. Riding shotgun as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, looking a little tan, back from the uh, Oasis River. And again, we apologize for that, uh, whatever it was last week that we put on the airwaves, but you could hear birds chirping, kids in the background. Sounded like a hell of a good time if you were actually there. I don't know, like listening to it, translated into a... Uh, Good production, but we're back in the studio this week. So, uh, Chisholm, you uh, you look good. Do you feel like rejuvenated? I know this is your one of your favorite weeks of the whole year when your family goes down to the river. It absolutely is. Uh, um, probably the uh, peak of of our of our year, uh, highlight of the year every year. And yes, I feel refreshed, rejuvenated, cleansed. My spirit and soul have been washed clean by the uh, beautiful waters of the hill country. Uh, that episode was not as bad as you have been making it out to be since we were actually in the process of recording it when you were complaining. The audio was fine. Most of the racket you could hear, you couldn't even pick up. And by the way, we got well over 200 pushing 300. Oh, yeah, over 300. Listen to that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's... Uh got to be some kind of a record so well i uh i have to admit that chisholm is the only one of the between the two of us that goes back and listens to the show again uh i do the editing and get it ready to go and then i'm i kiss it goodbye it really wasn't that bad um a lot of what you were hearing didn't really i don't know if it was i like the birds chirping though like that wouldn't be a bad ambiance just in like for everyday life like just in general yeah i that into every show my buddy major who we did drop name drop during that episode uh listened to it when he ran to uvalde for the day or for the morning pick some stuff up and he was like tell him it's not that bad he even said that my <laughs> me and my temporary mic problem he doesn't find it all that bad so yeah. right on well, that's good <laughs> so, uh, so so do you have a big bag of nothing for us today since you've been checked out on vacation I've got nothing. I'm not even, I don't even know if I can get worked up over anything. Like I, I'm not sure I can summon a rant on any oh of gosh. the. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 86. It's <laughs> a fun pursuit. Just pull the plug. Oh, geez. Uh, nah, we'll, we'll find something to get pissed off. Oh, about, I've got sure. plenty. I've got plenty. I'm checking out on uh, Wednesday. Actually, I think we leave the house at 3 30 in the morning. With, Limit uh, on Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, good friend mickey who's been on the show and who we reference routinely and his wife are going so nice. i'm gonna have a good time no kids uh wife's 40th birthday isn't that great though it's her birthday and i win because we get to go to mexico and have sex a lot for her birthday uh well i hope you make sure she wins too well, uh, but, I mean, usually it's a two-way that street on that, but uh, we don't have to go in the details, but come on. <laughs> I mean, we are men. Yep. No, that's great, man. Yeah. And it's, uh, happy, bur- happy birthday to me through her birthday. That's right. Uh, that's what, I mean, y'all 
two have become one. So it's only it's only right yeah. that everybody that, that both sides win. That's right. That is right. Celebrate together. So uh, and you don't have yesterday to was Ashley's it. birthday. Dang it! Well, I'll have to send her a text. Happy belated yeah. birthday. What uh, what day is Aaron's? Uh, the nineteenth. Okay, so that's so Friday. we'll be back before uh, her birthday. Actually, I was gonna say yeah, that's like next week. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Ashley's was the tenth, so yeah. it was the day we checked out from the river, um, which she was disgruntled by. But um, generally, I think she had a good time. I managed to get her a really good cake. She had like, she, I, I think she did it on purpose. She pulled one of those, like, oh, I don't really care. You know, spend much money on the lies, river trip. women. Why do you lie? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no. I, she's like, I don't need a cake. I don't feel like. Ba-. She was like talking about making her own cake. Mm. Some people at church, and I was like, I mean, who the hell wants this? to make a like, cake for their own birthday? I don't know what she was up to, man. But she was like all over the board with it. So I was uh, plotting and conspiring with our friends that go down there, some of the other moms, and one of them pointed out. You know, if you want it to be a surprise, it'll be kind of tough to bake one there. Because uh, I was thinking, like, kids could decorate it. That'd be kind of a fun activity. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, like, hardcore about, like, a surprise party. But, um, you know, I kind of wanted to keep it under wraps, especially because she actually had been kind of weird about it, you know. Uh, anyway, one of them pointed out, you know, keeping a cake for four days in the fridge and holding on until Saturday, it's not going to be a great cake, so... Yeah, they, they were like, we could just run to Uvalde that Saturday morning and pick one up. And I did find a really cool little local bakery. And um, turned out I had a buddy uh, meet us out there on Saturday just for the day. Who was going to get up early, early and get there? So I called the called it in, ordered it, red velvet, cream cheese icing, That's with the Ashley written on it. Yeah, I'm not a cake I, guy. I don't like red velvet is by and large. But I, I like a bite of dessert, but I'd rather just yeah. eat more steak for dessert. Yeah, I, I don't Corpier. like cake except for German chocolate, red velvet, and trace leches. Mm. Uh, and in any of those cases, it's uh, pretty hard for me to turn it down. But you know why? Because those are the moist ones. All the other ones are dry, but those are moist. A lot of people hate moist, that word. Moist is important. Hey, well, how else hate do you describe word. it? You can't I call it wet. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. But I mean, a lot of people like moist is like one of those those hang up words. Those trick moist words. conjures conjures. Warm like if my sister's listening right now, she's cringing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kendall. <laughs> this is a moist conversation. Conjures warm fuzzy feelings for me. Mm-hmm. So she so she was surprised anyway. by the cake. Yeah, she was stoked and she liked it and it was great. And uh, my buddy was able to deliver it. So there was like a total team effort involved. Uh, yeah, it was good times, good times. Good. There was this really cool moment. Um, last year, my buddy Major bought a paddleboard, an inflatable paddleboard. Uh-huh. And Ashley had asked for one years ago when we were in the Woodlands. Um, I think before really the inflatable ones had become too big of a deal. So you'd need like a 10 foot long, hard, you know, sided board to yeah. be into it. And, you know, we didn't, there's like Lake Woodlands, but you know, we had baby kids in the house. Like it was just like, what are we going to do with a paddleboard? Right. And then anyway, he bought his last year and I was like, okay, this thing's cool. So I did a bunch of research last year and finally picked one out and then didn't buy one because it was the end of the summer. Um, 
waited all the way till this May with summer coming. I started looking again and the one that I had picked out last year was on sale like $250 off because I guess they're about to come out with like a new version of it. So I bought it. So we have two paddle boards. Wait, how much which, does a paddle board cost? Man, they range from like 300 bucks on the low end to 1500 bucks on the high end, you know. Good lord. Inflatable ones. Jeez. I I'm, I'm I don't I don't get the paddle boarding. I don't know. It, Dude, th- it's fun. You would enjoy it. Last time I, I bought, tried it was on my 10 year anniversary in the Dominican Republic and I didn't I didn't enjoy that at all. It's so hard to do in the ocean. The waves are coming. It's like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a whole this is paddling up and down this it's really fun to stand up for a second and then get knocked over by a wave it's perfect for where we go on this river because it's like three or four hundred yards long where it's 10 feet deep with like these over underwater overhanging cliffs with bass and catfish swimming out from under so you just the change in elevation from like sitting in a kayak to standing allows you to see down into the water and see all Uh, the aquarium like stuff going on and it's flat as can be so it's just a nice easy paddle but they're really durable and you know like four kids can get on it with you and you can horse around and throw each other off and huh. um i guess i haven't think, seen the inflatable ones they're sweet dude the whole yeah. thing rolls up into a backpack the backpack has the pump in it the board in it like that's convenient it's awesome it's so cool especially for where we live dude i've had it out already four or five times to start the huh. summer to the blanco river to the guadalupe to the comal like you toss that thing in the truck get where you're going blow it up you're on the river it's it's sweet, but mine this black fin model. Yeah, you haven't traded in for a Tesla yet. No. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was so sorry to derail this conversation, but I have to throw this in. So I was telling you in the pre-show about this grandfather, who uh, his daughter plays on on my girl's soccer team, and we were got into talking politics, and he was in the Navy for thirty years, lived all over everywhere, and uh, he said his neighbor. Like always gives him the stink eye because he drives a truck. Well, his neighbor just had to pay twenty thousand dollars to buy a new battery for his seven-year-old Tesla. <laughs> That's wah, what they don't wah. tell you. Everyone buy a Tesla. Yeah, they don't put the disclaimer that- on it that in seven years, here's your fifteen to twenty thousand dollar new lithium battery for your crappy plastic Tesla. Yeah, and guess where the one he just, you know, got rid of is gonna go. It's destroying the it's- environment. It's going to go sit in a pile of them with some waste company where they're going to debate uh, continuously what to do with them because you shouldn't put those just straight into a landfill. You really can't even put them into a hazardous waste facility and there's no way to recycle them. So and yet saving the world, destroying one fire prone battery at a time. Oil. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, so uh, real quick on the paddleboard, then we'll move on with other stuff. Yeah. The one I got is actually, it's got mounts in the deck of it to mount a leaning post with oh, fishing rod holders. Gonna say like a beer holder. Oh yeah, that too. It's, I mean, it's got, the, the mounts are all like, the companies that make them have all kinds of different accessories, oh, right? Fishing rod holders and, the, and cup holders. I like this. It's yeah. Better. yeah. Yeah. You can mount a damn Bluetooth speaker to the deck. You can mount fishing rod holders. It's really built like they add, like if you go to the Blackfin website, it's a Blackfin. Uh-huh. Um, that particular model line of a bigger a company that has a whole bunch of different models, right? Like they target specifically fishing. They have a video playing on their main page of two guys throwing boards into a center console in like the keys and driving out to some Island and, you know, paddling around these mangroves and catching redfish 
on spinning rods. Black from the- might be our first sponsor yeah. when we show them our 300 downloads. I'll <laughs> <laughs> definitely get it done. Yeah. But my main point in all that was there was this day, probably Friday, where Major and I are hanging out in the water with the kids and they're just jumping on and off the paddle boards and stuff. And I encouraged this wrestling contest, right? So then, you know, next thing you know, three or four kids at a time are climbing on a board and, you know, pushing each other and just rocking it, trying to get dump each other off of it, you know. And my daughter Riley, who's the oldest of the whole group at 13 and a half, is just kind of doing her own thing. And I go, hey, Riley. Come here. And so she comes over there thinking she's in trouble, you know? And I was like, why don't you get up on this paddleboard and wreck shop? And she goes, what? <laughs> I was like, get up on this paddleboard and throw these little kids around. And she's this big smile got on her face. She's like, okay. <laughs> she got up there and just started chucking little kids. <laughs> she just, it was cool. Cause like broke once she realized like standing up was just completely unfair. She just got on her knees and there's this one boy who's Chase is probably like, or Case, I guess, is probably like five. And he's tiny. And she just puts her arm out and she just easily pushes him off the board and like flicks her hand at the end, like just swats him away. <laughs> it was funny. She's like, I didn't know what you meant when you said wreck shop. Being the oldest is fun. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it, it does so come cool. with its uh, tribulations, at least for me, because I was, wasn't a bad kid. But I certainly did a few bad things or things that my parents like smoking weed, getting caught smoking weed in 10th grade. And then you're grounded for forever or staying out past curfew. And then you're grounded for forever. And then my youngest brother, who's nine years younger than me, he didn't have a curfew because I broke so many rules that my parents just gave up. And they're like, well, he, he, he can't be as bad as cable. And uh, so there's also advantages to being the youngest. You know? And then the parents are also sure. kind of in give up mode at that point is this is their fourth child and they got the hardest one out of the way first. So you're welcome, Chris, for that. Uh, did you, uh, here, here's the first bit of audio I have for today. And I'm not a big like tennis fan. I like when the really good tennis players are playing each other though. And, uh, yeah, it's an entertaining game to watch. We didn't get to see Rafa and the Joker play in the final because Rafa, the doll, won his semifinal or got to the semifinal and then pulled out because he tore a muscle in his abdomen. Um, that sucks. So the Joker won Wimbledon, and he is he's now at 21 Grand Slam titles. Nadal has 22, and the Joker is not going to get to go for uh, the record-tying Grand Slam at the U.S. Open because our country, Chisholm, won't let him in. So I didn't even know, like, first of all, I thought I saw the other day that, that any kind of testing and stuff was suspended for incoming. I don't understand. Like, Well, you're right. As of today, I am, you know, I'm not allowed to enter states uh, under these circumstances. So, yes, of course, I'm aware of that. And that is um, an extra motivation to do well here. So hopefully I can have um, a very good tournament as I have done uh, in the last three editions. Um, And then I'll just have to wait and see. You know, I would love to go to states. um, But as of today, that's that's not possible. And... um, 
there's not much I can do anymore. I mean, it's it's really up to the U.S. government to make a decision whether or not they they allow um, unvaccinated people to go into the country. How ridiculous is that? And I always bitch about Canada keeping me out because I've had multiple trips canceled up there, hunting trips. It, we're no better. We're still doing it. I had no idea. I had no idea. It's pretty stupid. Still doing since, it. Especially since uh, everybody who's getting the virus be the very ones that are vaccinated. But that's Here's the even stupider thing. Is so Aaron and I go to Mexico on Wednesday, and we don't even have to take a test to come back. But yet... Good. But yet he can't come here and play in the U.S. Open. Because he's a foreign national wanting to come here. So therefore, he has to be vaccinated. We know Idiotic. The- but, but, Chisholm, if you want to walk across the border, there's no rules there. And we have now had over 1 million illegal immigrants cross the Texas border since Biden took office. Think about that's That's a city that would be like the fourth largest city in Texas after Dallas... Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. So it would be the new fifth biggest city in Texas of illegal people that have just crossed into the border. And here's my prediction, dude, and why this is... Obviously, you, you, your family owns property down there. It's, you're not as close to the border as some people who deal with it every single day. But they're going to try to make all these... They're going to give all these people amnesty. They're going to try to so that they can vote for them. And, and if Texas... I don't think people understand how pivotal our state is. If Texas goes blue, that's it. The country's t- just toast. Done. Uh, yeah, I think that would be um, a catastrophe. Um, done, 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 done. But I'm going to hold out lots of hope that it's not going to work. Well, just so my on that topic, is just keep it. Keep keep in mind that they're going to try to grant amnesty to all of these illegals that have come to the country in the past year. And did you know that Ronald Reagan did the same thing in 1986? Granted amnesty to 3 million illegal aliens? I had no, no idea. I, that I same guy, the guy I was talking to about in his buddy's Tesla and everything, um, like we, got, we basically spent the entire second half of the soccer game talking about this stuff. And uh, he told me, and I was like, I had no idea. You know, I was five years old when Ronald Reagan was in office. Right. So I went and looked it up, and he should, he damn sure did. In 1986, granted amnesty to 2.9 million illegal immigrants. Does Biden have the authority to do that today? I don't know. I thought that would have had to. I know, like Bush was trying to do that, W, and really couldn't. Um, Obama even went as far as to say he couldn't because of something called the Constitution only to then backtrack and try to do it by executive order. Anyway, I was on the dreamers mm. like granting them like an extension or I don't remember what the details were. I do know that um, it's definitely an attempt to thwart the fact that America is actually becoming by and large, more conservative as minorities bail on the uh, godless leftists. And they think that by bringing in a whole bunch of illegals, and uh, flooding the system that they'll be able to disperse them to purple places and, uh, you know, count on their votes for the foreseeable future. Probably not wrong. I listened to, I got a new, I got a new podcast that I have to recommend to everybody. It's called Red Pilled America. Hmm. It's excellent. Like really good. Uh, top-notch production 
overall uh, so kind of like host. our show mm, no no <laughs> not like our show <laughs> i guess i think i said top notch not yeah. uh, bottom not bottom rung <clears throat> um no it's a it they, they, they describe themselves as, as a storytelling podcast meaning you know, their, their kind of whole premise is like all of the storytellers in America these days are leftists, right? And so they're trying to provide, you know, quality storytelling from the right side of the spectrum. Um, and so, you know, by that, I mean, uh, like they do, they do their research and they really do craft together. Like a lot of it's basically history, right? Like they've got a five-part series on where wokeism came from, right? And it's all the stuff that I've talked about, all the people and the players that I've talked about, Herbert Marcuse coming over here from Germany and the Frankfurt School to what I learned was set up the Frankfurt School at Columbia University back in the 40s uh, because he and the other Frankfurt schoolers who were all atheist Jews were fleeing uh, the Nazis. Um, And then how they like, Glom, they, they took old school Marxism when they realized that like Marx wasn't correct, that, that, that eventually capitalism will always lead to Marxism because it had actually failed to play out that way in Germany, that uh, they needed to use the entertainment industry and arts and stuff to like groom people's minds for socialism to make sure that the revolution comes. And then from there, they came to the States and they looked and they said, all right, well, the middle class here does too well to have any revolutionary spirit. So who do we make into the revolutionaries? And they found this, you know, this, this brewing, brewing um, identity uh, tribal warf- warfare going on in the States in the 60s between uh, the civil rights movement and all the different factions of, you know, feminism and, and you know, black liberty, black liberation and all that stuff. So basically how Marcuse like picked this lady name. I don't remember her name, but she was a black Panther, basically a released black Panther supporter who was a professor here. Remember, remember when I mentioned the other day, how it's always these uh, academics and, and other like elitists that want to then use the working class for their BS revolution. Oh yeah. So like the number one, like lady that sort of spearheaded a lot of this in the sixties and early seventies. She's uh, her parents were both dentists. She was from like Manhattan, like social elite. And she almost went to dental school, but she decided to instead to go study like political science because she wanted to be a revolutionary. Wow. Anyway, uh, it's a really good podcast. All that was beside the point. And um, man, what did you say that got me off on this tangent? There was an episode that was relevant. Oh, there was a guy. They have a, they have a they have an episode about the possibility of the country breaking up, right? And what they use is: Are you familiar with this movement in Oregon? Dude, where I, the- I would one hundred percent. I'm going to go on record right now today, July eleventh, twenty twenty two, and say I would be happy if this country broke up into north and south. It wouldn't bother me one bit. Like it's it not going to be, be north and south. Well, whatever. It's it's going to be like four yeah. pieces minimum. But yeah. Give me Texas and whatever red states are close to us, and uh, to the me, way, the Gulf all the way states, from here to the to Florida, we're good. The Gulf states of America sound great to me. We'll, we'll we'll take Oklahoma, see if Arkansas wants to come along. They got some really pretty hills. 
Dude, I'm fine yeah. to take uh, Kansas, Nebraska. We need to skip Colorado, though. They can't be. A yeah, the, any of the farm belts uh, certainly, certainly would be. We need, we need corn. Yeah. Corn to feed the cows. Ooh, this is like more guess. exciting than fantasy football drafts, like picking which states we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so are you familiar with the, the people in eastern Oregon that want to break, break off from Oregon and join Idaho? Bye. There's a whole better. movement. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've I mean, heard about this. Yeah. It, it, like it, it's, it's actually a bigger deal than, and it was building steam prior to the pandemic and they go through all that history uh, mm. in this episode. And maybe I think it's just one episode. Um, anyway, they, there's this one guy who's this one farmer who's like a third or fourth generation Oregon farmer, right? His family has been there for literally well over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, who's kind of the spear point now. And he, during in interviewing him, I mean, it's a really well done podcast. They go get people to contribute. It's all seamlessly integrated. You know, they're making some, and it's part part of iHeartRadio. Surprisingly, mm. it's an iHeartRadio production. Anyway, uh, this guy I can't remember his name points out that when he was a kid growing up farming, um, he 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 went off to either World War II or or must have been Vietnam. I think he was. Yeah, like a boomer that went and served in Vietnam. So he was, you know, post-war era, farming with the family. I think maybe his dad had been in World War II. Anyway. And this is one of the hosts? No, this is the guy they're interviewing about oh, this okay. Oregon. Okay. This, he's the leader of the Oregon secession movement. Uh. Um, he points out that when he was a kid, migrants would come up from Mexico to work the fields of the valleys of Oregon, right? And he was like, man, you know, they were the finest people that, you know, they'd come, you know, spend the summer with us. They'd, you know, we'd eat lunch with them. We, you know, got to know each other's families. We'd see them year over year, but they'd always go home until in the seventies, late seventies, I think almost like maybe 78, even Oregon became the first sanctuary state. Hmm. First state in the union to declare themselves a sanctuary from uh, ICE enforcement, right? Immigration enforcement. And you know what? Basically, that's real easy to do when you're so far away from the border. Well, but like they, their proximity to the border has to, uh, you're just not going to get the number of immigrants there. This is no, not they did, though. No, no, they did because they were already getting, because it's, it's an agriculture community, right? So people sure. would come up the West Coast. Yeah. So they already were flooded. But what this guy is saying was that it, for its entire history, pre this moment in time, it was a conservative state run by their heavy agricultural industry. Mm-hmm. basically the people who made it up and when they made you know made it a sanctuary state that within i don't remember the time period but let's call it a couple of years max that it turned blue and it has been ever since um so it you know it just sounded to me like exactly like they've already run the playbook mm-hmm. they've already fine-tuned it they know like we just you know open it up and then i, I don't think they have any voter id laws or any of that stuff either so of course not Anyway. So they would be part of the Pacific Northwest states of America. They can take uh, Washington right. and California with them. Yes. We also would like to draft Idaho. If Idaho, you're, you're listening, we would like to have you as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, but this is an interesting topic, and it's clearly, it seems like something really far-fetched. But at the end of the day, if people's views and beliefs are so different that it's fracturing a country... I, I go back to the civil yeah. war. I mean, 
that that actually ended up with the union staying together. But the the whole premise behind the Civil War was slavery, which one side agreed with and one didn't. And we have a lot of things that one side agrees with now and the other side doesn't. Like huge. Yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, it's so funny how like I used to make jokes about the need for a back in college, I would joke about the need for like a chauvinist revolution because feminism was killing manhood. But I was joking. I thought I was joking. I didn't know shit at the time. But now it's kind of like a fundamental driver of my life is <laughs> to bring masculinity back. Not chauvinism, just, you know, manhood. Somewhere a decade plus ago, maybe even 15 years ago, I started thinking, I don't see how this country survives as it is because the Northeast is too different than the Southeast, is, which is too different from the Midwest and too different from the Southwest and way too different from the West Coast. How do we, how do we continue to collectively manage this entire outfit when every state has its own culture, every broader region beyond states has its own culture? Uh, and to your point, they only keep getting more and more. I mean, when you got like the entire Northeast now believes that you should be cutting off children's genitals and giving them drugs to stop puberty, which also sterilize them. And they think that's good and the way to go. I don't see how that's compatible with the Bible Belt. You know, no, it isn't. Throw abortion in there, too. You know, it's, yeah. So anyway. It just seems inevitable. I don't know how we get around it. Either that or like a true restitution of real federalism where the states have, which the Supreme Court is working, right? Yeah. All of the decisions we've touched on are taking us back to true states' rights. But there's so much, there's so much unconstitutional federal infrastructure that would have to be torn to pieces and discarded to ever really get back to where you know, you didn't have the FBI spying on, you know, concerned citizens. And Could this happen without bloodshed is the main question. That I don't what know. would happen if the Gulf Coast states just said, you know what, we've had enough, we're done, and we're, we're, we're leaving? Yeah, what would I, happen? I, that's the part I, I don't know. Legally, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, anything, in my opinion, anything can be done. If there's a consensus, yeah. the question is more, would it be allowed? And I think when you look particularly at the leftists in the coast, as much as they may love to throw around terms like flyover country, uh, there are people with brains in those places that realize they'd much rather keep them, keep us all under their thumbs than let us become an ind- bunch of, you know, a bunch of independent nations that they then have to barter with and can't control. Um, my point being, I, I don't think that the likes of New York and California, even if the people are dumb enough to think they don't need us, are going to let us go without a fight. And they kind of control everything. So, hmm. which is why Sorry, Texas is, is so important from a voting. That's right. We're the only we're the only man in the arena, so to we're speak. We're the second right? most populated state after California, right. which now has a negative population trend because they're all moving here. And I'm, dude, we've talked about this before, but I still do not agree with you that these Californians are coming here and voting. Red. I mean, I'm I just, just telling you what the polls say. Okay. I'm having a hard time with it. Uh, but I'm not saying all me, of them. I know. It was like that 55 le- to 45. That leads me to, 
but even the 45 percent, if, if you ruined your state to the point where you now can't afford housing, they you have to pay out They're the dumb. ass on taxes. Look at who you've elected as governor. And then you want to come here and vote for a guy named Beto that wants to take your guns away and socialize everything like I, you're just too stupid to even help. And I don't want you here if that's the case. Uh, this will be out of left field. You could never have expected this. You remember who, uh, you remember Dawson's Creek, right? Your girlfriend in high school probably made you watch it. Probably made you watch it. Mm, no, I never you remember it, James? I, I know Vander, the show. You know James yeah, Van Dyke. I'm, I'm certainly aware of the show. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, dude, he moved his family. He's got, I think, three kids. Uh, probably the age of our kids. Very famous, successful actor. Recently moved to Texas, I think the Hill Country, from California. And this audio is solid gold. As somebody who recently moved to Texas from California, I didn't move here to try to recreate California. I moved here because I really like Texas. So therefore, I'm very hesitant to speak ill of anybody who was here before I was. However, fuck fire ants. Fuck them in their little however many eyes they have just i hope they get stung in their eye by other fire ants and i hope they have to deal with the itching and the pain and the little pussy boils that come afterwards man just just stay in the dirt and like do ant shit what do you, you don't need to crawl across a concrete patio into my sock and sting me you don't need to go into my bed you don't need to go into my kids clothes fuck you you're dead i'm killing you now you just you just, just kept yourself you'd be fine Man, you know they're not even uh, native to Texas, fire ants? No, they're an invasive species here, much like Californians. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually James Vanderbeek? Yeah, dude. He's Look, he, he's, uh, he's walking around his hat. property in a cowboy hat, like a proper, like a proper Texan. Like he's, uh, he's doing the deal. Uh, love it. Could have done without the f bombs, but um, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm with him. F fire ants, quail killing bastards. But I think the best part was when he wrapped it up and said they're invasive species, just like California. Yeah, yeah. like Californians. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Good for him. So, so there you go. Another unwoke celebrity to add to the ranks. Who really you know family values that's why the guy moved his family to texas and it's like i don't need to be in the spotlight raising my kids i need to go to a place where they value family and community and freedom so here he is those are the guys we want if you're going to come come with the right mindset because otherwise you're just going to get pissed and you're going to try to turn it into the shithole that you left yeah we don't need any of that Mm -hmm. don't need any of that Speaking of that, have we talked about Gavin Newsom promoting a plant paying for an advertisement in Florida about freedom? Have you heard the ad? I've, I've heard it. It's hysterical. Talk about ironic. My God, how dense and just completely unself-aware is that? Oh, that I don't even know what to call him. That socialist fruitcake. My gosh hilarious the one who i'll sum it up for everybody he paid for a political advertisement to be ran in florida out of his california governor campaign funds it's like says at the end paid for by the 
by the Newsom for governor campaign, but clearly it's got some sort of, you know, it's like a test shot to see what kind of chances he could have in the 24 election, I guess, to become president. And yeah, he talks about how DeSantis and the Republicans are attacking freedom in Florida and how everybody's, and he invites people to move to California where they're more free. It's like, nobody's buying that, bro. Mm -hmm. We're not stupid and we're not suffering amnesia. We've all been here for the last 24 months. We all know why your state shrunk for the first time while Florida and Texas and Tennessee are exploding with Californians. Right. It's the same thing when you hear the, the Putin tax hike or the Putin inflation rate. Like, you think we have such a, a short memory that we don't remember what it was like before Russia invaded Ukraine, man. I mean, at least they can hang their hat in that case on the fact that this war that they created specifically for this purpose is driving some fuel prices up, which is by design. The lie there is not that, you know, Putin has something to do with it. It's that it's all planned and they're, you know, one way or another, they were going to try to bankrupt us all anyway. This is just insanity. California is advertising itself for, as the free state. Give, like, yeah. there's no basis in reality there. <laughs> like, you know, we, I don't, I, I'm convinced that the Ukraine and Russia thing and the EU's response to it is all part of the you know new world order plan, right? Um, but it, but you know, yeah, you can at least draw a direct line. But it didn't start inflation, nor did it start gas prices. But it certainly has contributed during the course of 2022. So at least there's a sliver of truth in it. This idea that California is more free than Florida is, I mean, that's like, you know, that's like two plus two equals five. Because that's like, like, we're going to lie to you and we're going to make you believe it or we'll torture you. California, when all the the hippies started moving there in the 60s, like they did it for peace, love and freedom, right? Like, but now we look at it and it's, but what happens? The biggest thing is that they could, you know, sleep on the street and not need a lot of clothes because it's nice and warm. True. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what? Yeah, I just, no, I'm just thinking about California in my head and just how disappointing it is. Such a pretty state, but I won't ever go back until they get it fixed. I just won't, I won't spend a dime there. Ain't Still have never driven the PCH. Uh, and until I do, I can't speak too definitively, but I can tell you that the parts that I have seen lately, not that pretty, bro. Where I live, way prettier than either the Bay Area and certainly the Central well, the Bay Valley. Area comes with like the highest density of homeless people on the planet. Well, in the states, I mean, not in the planet. I don't know what the other countries right. have, but that's not. Yeah, like, of course, that goes without saying. The Bay is destroyed. It's ruined. They're, they, yeah, you know what's real? You know what makes a place ugly is like shopping carts full of stinky clothes and other stolen personal effects and like feces on the street. tattered tents. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Right. Um, <laughs> you saw Elon Musk is reneging on buying Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Oh, oh, so anyway, why did I bring that up? Well, it's obviously important, but uh, Twitter is not going to let that go without a fight. They're going to sue him. But this is interesting. So I posted this on our Instagram. Pull up our Instagram right now, Chisholm. If y'all are following along, if you're listening and you have Instagram, pull up Justified Pursuits Instagram. Uh, people, and I don't even think people can see this. So that might be pointless. It has three likes, actually. 
So I posted a screenshot of a bunch of leftist Twitter feeds. Chisholm, it is the same exact text. And it's all from people with, you know, a decent following. And and the text says, I just left the ER. We are officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. Delta variant is running rampant and it's much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits did not receive a vaccine. So I don't know when these people all tweeted this out, but it's clearly a pointed effort to try to get people, oh, you know, fearful of COVID again. The weird thing though, and I don't know if you can see this underneath is since you're one of the admins on the page, but it says missing context. The same information was reviewed by independent fact checkers in another post. In our text, which is how COVID-19 stuff gets flagged. I didn't write anything about COVID-19, nothing. I said, this might have something to do with why Elon is backing out of Twitter deal. So somehow their algorithm flagged this within 30 seconds of me posting it. I didn't mention COVID-19 and they've reviewed it for missing context. What yeah, I'm looking at the link, dude. And it's hilarious because. So the, the fact check doesn't actually counter at all. The to your point, certainly not what you posted it for the nature, the fact that. So, so what it is here is a whole bunch of Twitter accounts that were posting the exact same language about hospitals being overrun. Yes, to a to a period, the exact same. So it was sent out to these people, and they all just posted it on their accounts to make people right. think that, you know, how weird, dude. There's like this is like Inception. It's like what are they even complaining about? So it's misinformation for quote missing context because something again to your point that wasn't even apparent. In dude, this is crazy. Yeah. So I've never wow. I've had. Tons of posts flagged, you know, for COVID. And then I've had posts removed for, you know, how my hunting page is. I'm saying I'm going to shoot a deer. Oh, you're inciting violence or promoting harm or all this other crap. I've never had this missing context thing come in where I didn't even say anything about COVID. All I said is this is why Elon's not buying Twitter because of this type of narrative. And then they they said that, like, I didn't put enough information in the post, apparently. Insane, right? And how they how they flagged that with literally it was like I posted it and then I got a notification about the missing context thing within a minute. So the algorithm is running strong right now for sure, but it's insanity. Crazy. Yeah. So, so what you posted says nothing about a quote Ligma variant, but some other post by somebody not at all related to what you posted, I guess, included modified tweets that mentioned Ligma. Mm. And so that post was all about how the Ligma variant was a hoax. And the fact check that the link provides, all it talks about is that there's no variant called Ligma. And that Ligma, (laughs) Ligma is a part of a knock-knock joke where you say knock-knock, who's there, Ligma, right. Wow. Wow. So, so yeah, it doesn't challenge the crux of the thing you're pointing out, which is that all of these Twitter handles had the exact same post, which said, 
I, and it like formatted the same space, the same, like clearly copied and pasted. Yeah. I just left the ER. We are officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. Delta variant is running rampant and it's much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits admits did not receive a vaccine. Repeat that was line. posted on nine. <laughs> <Repeat the line>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what an idiot. We're just going to assume that if you're listening to the show, you know what repeat the line is. I'm not even going to go into it. What a moron. Yeah. And if you need a little bit of a hint, leader. it's uh, Joe Biden doing his best Ron Burgundy impression. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so missing context. That's a new one. They're, uh, whew, I, it's going to be wild leading up to the midterms what they will and won't tolerate on social media. Like, I, I think that they, the, we thought last when, when the 2020 election was bad, uh, I think the we're in for a, a, another round of extreme censorship very soon. I, I think this is, I, you know, this is probably start of it missing context. We're going to just make stuff up and here it is. Deal with it. Strange about, time to be alive, bro. What about Hunter Biden? What about him? What about so eggs? what's the latest on the laptop? Let's see. He calls his mother-in-law a C-U-N-T, not mother-in-law, stepmom, uh, Dr. Jill, a C-U-N-T. He uh, apparently sells some crack to somebody. Is he, is he wrong? I don't know if he's wrong. That might be the only thing he's gotten right. Yeah. I, you know, he, he might have hit a home run on that one. <laughs> at the end of the day, none of this is Hunter's fault. <laughs> his dad that's in trouble for all this uh no actually so i don't know how much of this is coming from the laptop and how much is coming from apparently a bunch of 4chan uh hacker dorks uh have cracked into his icloud account i'm watching <laughs> and, a video of him right now counting the weight of crack yeah have yeah, you seen that I video think that's from his icloud uh i've seen clips of it yeah wanted me to play the audio of him talking to a hooker and they're talking about weighing the weighing out the crap absolutely this is the first son ladies and gentlemen son of the president also <laughs> who cares because it's not half as bad as him taking money from chinese and ukrainian oligarchs and then using you know his father's influence to uh line his own pockets so and then kicking it back to the big man but whatever yeah, no one cares about that mm -hmm. a, bil a million barrels of oil they sold while we're getting raped Unreal. and pillaged america last joe biden uh, okay, so here's Hunter. He's smoking a cigarette. He's videoing himself. There's a there's a hooker. She doesn't. It's not a dead hooker. Not at least at, at this point. But because she is talking. No, I just laid out the bag. It's two point zero six. Two point zero six. Yeah. Without the bag. Just two point zero seven grams of crack without the bag. Because that you know drug dealers. Oh, you can't weigh the bag with it. You gotta take it. And he's got it on a digital scale, like. This, if you have a digital scale, this isn't your first rodeo. Correct. Yeah. I wonder how many grams of crack you have to be in possession of to go to like the pen. And yet the president's son has a video of him weighing out crack cocaine. Oh my um, God. If that was Donald Trump Jr., this would be the only thing that's on the news. Oh my God. Would it be? The only thing. Oh my God. Like that's what's so, dude. <laughs> I want to say the F word so bad. I'm just, I'm not going to do it, but that's, that is the worst thing about living in this country right now is that the, the, it is a one-way street. 
It is a one-way street. And if you disagree, you're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a homophobe. It's so egregious. It is hard to... That, that's another great episode of that Red Pill America thing I was talking about. They break down. That's a four-parter, I think, breaking down uh, basically how Twitter... Um, you know, Twitter has been like a, an information revolution. It started, as they describe, with Twitter being the first way in which conservative news could be broken open so wide that the, that the left had to acknowledge it on mainstream news, hmm. specifically pointing at the Andrew, uh, Andrew Weiner. Is that his name? Andrew Weiner? I thought you were going to say Cuomo. Anthony Weiner. He's also a douche. Oh. No, Anthony Weiner, uh, who was from New York. That house, yeah. he was a New York rep that was on his way to national prominence. His wife uh, works for Hillary. What's her name, dude? Oh, man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, anyway, but he uh, accidentally, instead of direct messaging a picture of his dong to some co-ed uh, 20-year-old in Seattle, uh, tweeted it. And then immediately realized what he'd done and deleted it and tried to claim he'd been hacked. And uh, Breitbart ran with it. And um, they tried, the media tried to ignore it for days and days and days. But uh, long and short of it is like they, they, they reached a point where they couldn't ignore it anymore and he couldn't, and he couldn't deny what had happened and ended up resigning. Right. It ruined his career. And, so they basically document like from that point until the Hunter laptop scandal, how Twitter had become this force for leveling the playing field. And now it's being used as a cudgel to beat uh, conservative voices back again. Um, it's a pretty interesting episode. I highly recommend Red Pill America to everybody. Do you yeah. want to know how we got here on every front? They've got it all documented well. So. Yeah, it's just... Uh... Like it, more stuff's going to keep coming out. I mean, we, here he is buying crack last week. Here, here his dad is selling off a million barrels of our strategic oil reserve to a company that he was an investor in and may still be an active shareholder in that was unclear whether he's still an active shareholder, probably if his dad's selling them oil, I'm going to bet he still has his shares, but he had claimed that he no longer did. But, uh, but a Chinese document that came out after the oil was sold had him still as a shareholder. So I'm going to go with that is probably what's the actual facts. Since yeah. it was released by the oil company. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the paperwork. Here's it's where it says he's a, a shareholder. No, 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 no. That's not, it's not what it appears, guys. Like it's... Uh, it's just like uh, everything always just comes back to 1984, dude. It's like they're trying to drive drive you insane. You know what I don't they're really, like? They're really trying. They'll if, either they'll either brainwash you or they'll break you. If we take the Senate, and I think that we'll do pretty well in the House, what are the odds that this guy gets impeached? And is that a good thing? I don't know if they'll go after Biden on impeachment specifically. Um, I mean, that alone, what he did with the, the oil is enough to impeach him, in my opinion. Like, 
Oh, what he's doing on the border is his greatest, you know, violation of his well, constitutional. Well, he's doing nothing. Right. Um, but there are plenty of other people they could impeach that they'd actually have a maybe a shot at taking out, like uh, like Secretary Mayorkas, uh, like the tranny that um, works for the Health and Human Services Department that wants to transition kids. Uh, lots of other people that they could actually, you know, impeach that should go and that they'd have a chance of taking out. Uh, yeah. Do know. you think that Biden, okay, here we are, 2022, July 2022. Do you think he makes it throughout the whole term, his four years? I really don't, but at the same time, I well, think then we my got money... Kaplan Kamala to come in and replace him. Yeah. Last year, was I betting he'd be gone by the end of last summer or this summer? I think you said he won't make it two years. Yeah. I feel like I'm still on track from my original predictions. No, I don't think he'll make it to the end of the four-year term one way or another. I really don't. I think he'll either be 25th Amendment or, you know, he'll have a stroke, um, which he already has a history of. Uh how can Democrats may, be may proud or may of not this? Be of truly natural causes? How can they be oh, proud dude, of what they've done? I don't think they are. I was just reading a poll that said six, a, a New York Times poll that says 64% of Democrats say he shouldn't run again. Only 26% say he should. Like he's a But he's at least it's not Trump. I, I just don't understand it. Like, hey, life sucks right now. Life was You know what's really interesting? Trump. Okay, so we've been calling this since last August that the media was turning on him. And they definitely have been and continue to be. Um, but it's funny how they're trying to toe this line, right? Where they won't go full bore on his senility because the reality is he was senile when they elected him. So they can't like totally pull the curtain back for the sleeping normies that, hey, we brainwashed you into electing a brain dead person. Um, so they got to find all these other ways to go about it. Right. So they, they thrashed him for the Afghanistan debacle. The thing right now that Democrats are attacking him for and, and left leaning news outlets is that he hasn't done enough about the Dobbs decision. So they're, they're actually engendering negative, you know, negative emotions against him from the left because he hasn't like, I don't know, just overruled the Supreme court somehow. Mm. Um, when in reality, you could be like, uh, you know, border inflation, fuel prices, uh, son's corruption, his own personal corruption, uh, the fact that he wants to mutilate children, uh, the fact that he wants to cut off funding from schools that don't want to indoctrinate children, you know, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum, right? Like, there's a million reasons to be mad at him, but the one that they're now trying to hang him with is that the no agenda guys are convinced that they're deliberately setting him up for failure. So last week, a story broke that a 10-year-old girl in maybe Ohio, some Midwest state, uh, had been raped and impregnated and had to travel across state lines to Indiana to get an abortion because she was six I days heard about this. too pregnant to get an abortion in whichever state she was leaving. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really funny, right? Because it's like, 
this is the edge case scenario that we talked about with your sister's complaints about guns where she went to nuclear arms, right? Which I'm on record as saying I'm pro-abortion in this case. Like, I don't think a 10-year-old child should have to carry that baby. Well, he was fine. Violated in the worst way human Dude, possible. But the truth is, it, it's a hoax. Like, even oh, the Washington Post is reporting they can't prove that it ever happened. Really? Yeah, dude. It's bullshit. So the governor of Ohio is a not only did they Not only did they find the most absurd, hardcore outlier case that they could possibly come up with, a 10-year-old getting raped and impregnated, right? Like, dude, what is that even biologically possible? I don't know that many 10-year-olds are menstruating. Right. They're not. I'm not a doctor. They might have their first period somewhere in that 10 to going on 11 year range. Yeah. But does that mean they're fertile and ready to start making babies? I, I don't know. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure maybe it's happened, but it's not likely dude. Yeah. I can tell you my girls are quite advanced in every way. And there's a lot of theories about like hormones and beef and chicken products that cause like, well, the biggest thing is female that our health is so, solid these days kids aren't starving to death that girls do go into puberty like two years earlier than they did 60 years ago right which makes it like 11 which is weird because people didn't live as long it's weird it's weird when you you know what that's kind of a myth too so there's a lot of new history and i guess quote science coming out that says that like socrates lived into his 70s and was killed Mm. right he was well into his i think he was even closer to 80 than 70 and only died when he was put to death. The thing 70 that is a can, good run for a pedophile. Socrates, a pedophile. Weren't all the Greek guy philosophers, pedophiles. Yeah, pretty much. But sorry, anyway. Socrates, if you weren't, well, <laughs> you probably were. <laughs> the point is that was several thousand years ago. The data, what we've always been told is like the average age of death before the last, say, 100 years was, say, 35, right? But that would include babies that didn't make it six months, right? And so the the average mortality skewed so far lower. But the reality was if you made it to five or 10 years old, then if if you eliminated all of the basically infant deaths, Right. Mm -hmm. And young childhood deaths where, you know, kid gets exposed to the flu and died from it because there were no medicines. Once you normalize the internet says it's pretty it's pretty likely Socrates was a better ass. Just FYI. Yeah, I mean I would say it's pretty likely, I guess. Sorry. There's your history lesson for today. Awesome. Part two is if you could make it into adolescence, you're average age of death from that point forward became very close to the same as it, that it is today. Hmm. Yeah. So if you made okay, so if you made it to adolescence, your mortality rate dropped significantly. You're yeah. like in the, you're in the free and clear until old age. Right. Unless I mean, the plague was, got you. Oh wait. We saw that. Yeah, we, I mean we, there were still people who died of infections that you know could have been treated in with modern medicine and you know brutal injuries and war and stuff but by and large like people on the old age range got as old then as they do now mm-hmm. right so so anyway they yeah. made up the story about a 10 year old being raped and having right. to go and and i heard an interview with that uh, it might have been on no agenda i don't remember where i heard it but this uh reporter was grilling ohio's governor because i guess they had a trigger law 
like Texas that went into effect once the Supreme Court. I think that was Christy Nome from South Dakota. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, but either way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But they have a similar law yeah. there, I guess. Right. Or did yeah. this happen in South Dakota where they said that the girl was raped? Um, I think that the people who were doing that interview told Christy Nome about the 10 year old story okay. and said, are you comfortable with the fact that your state would put a 10 year old mm. in the same position? Basically, mm. Right. And there's no good answer to that. There's not. But when they make it up, you don't have to answer it. You can just say that's but I don't think she knew that it was made up wild ass edge case. And yeah. uh, we should just dismiss it. So that's what it's come to. Just making stuff up. Let me, let me put it this way. Have you ever heard have you ever heard of a 10-year-old girl? Or even Being a 12-year-old girl? Yeah, dude. 12, I can think like, probably is listen, yeah, they can't, 10, no. They can't say on one hand, y'all shouldn't worry about the fact that we're legalizing full-term abortions because they don't happen that often. And the other on the other hand, say abortion shouldn't be restricted because 10 year olds get raped and impregnated like both of the if, if it's super rare such that we shouldn't worry about it in favor of aborting nine-month-old pregnancies then they can't simultaneously argue that this other incredibly rare sad tragic thing is a reason you know what i mean like they're they're, they're getting they're eating their cake how's the saying go having their cake and eating it too well, that's they're using the same. They're using doing. extreme edge cases in both directions to justify the need for just killing babies. When in both scenarios, they're well, whatever. Hmm. The track you following me. So, so on one hand, they say nine nine month pregnancies don't happen enough for you to worry about. Yeah. And on the other hand, they say so. Take us back. Your to laws Dobbs. keep ten like, year olds from having abortions. Talk. Take us back to Dobbs and Biden. And so they're they're pissed at him. You think they're going to make him out to be? a fall guy or escape yeah so no agenda thinks that they fed him this thing about this 10 year 10 year old you know rape victim Mm -hmm. because he did a long interview about it it was the one where he actually reads from the teleprompter repeat the line Mm -hmm. right and now the news is coming forth the ones that would normally run cover for him saying yeah we can't really find any evidence that this was true so they're of the opinion that there's been a lot of things that they like, they'll even point out, well, here's a good one. We talked about the freaking laminated card that said in huge lettering into all of his, right. Like nobody had the idea that with the television cameras on that, that card could end up being visible. You know what I mean? They're saying like, their point is like, they're doing little, they're throwing word, like they're throwing words into his speeches that cause him that are hard for a person with a fully functional brain to articulate. Yet they're throwing America in one word. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was like the one, the one word of the whole speech that you had to nail, Joe. <laughs> and you couldn't yeah. even spit out any semblance of English vernacular. The question is just Mumbling. who's trying to take him out. And who are they trying to replace him with? And what is their ultimate timeline? You know what I mean? Like, they know he can't win again. They, they know he shouldn't even yeah. run again. Which is so amazing because so, he'll be the first incumbent to not even get the nomination from his party. Because incumbents generally win. 
I'll say this. If the man is still breathing come fall of 2024, they will find some way to prevent him from being, you know, Joe, from being we'll on have the Joe, Joe Biden didn't hang himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. We don't wish uh, that on anybody. Jeez. Clear. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Kamala's scary, but I don't see how things get any worse. So bring her on. Fine with it. Fine with it. Uh, you saw yeah. that the United States Postal Service is increasing the cost of a stamp. Chisholm? I saw it because you sent it to me. Because even the Postal Service is not immune to inflation and fuel increases, prices and fuel increasing. And so now the Postal Service will charge you more to mail a letter. I think more people should mail letters, though, to be honest with you. When was the last time you hand wrote a letter to somebody? Mailed it. Gosh, dude. They didn't just say, here's the check I owe you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got my, yeah, my wife I've, and I I've got been, one from my dad about a month ago. It was really nice, a uh, thoughtful, handwritten note, and it made me think. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it means a lot more when someone takes the time to actually put pen to paper and send it to you, rather than typing up an email or sending a text. I mean, not, why don't we just send a text now? Like you can say everything you need to say in a text. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. My handwriting sucks, which is the main reason that I shy away from it. Um, another thing that no agenda guys pointed out was when Shinzo Abe, the Jap- former Japanese prime minister, was assassinated over the weekend. The news that reported it, I might have, it was either NPR or, or you know, ABC. Someone called some... him a right-wing extremist while he's not even, his body's not even cold. Yeah, well, whichever news outlet they were pointing to said that you know leaders from all across the world sent out tweets you know, tweeted, tweeted their condolences. He's like, Oh, that, you know, Dvorak's like, that's nice. Send a tweet. Don't bother like picking up the phone or, you know, sending a letter, just send a tweet. That's the way to, that's the way we do it in 2022. Change my um, Facebook avatar to the Ukrainian flag. Cause I'm really supporting them. Yeah. To your question, I have written handwritten notes to my children uh, for camp, but I don't actually end up having to put postage on them. Yeah. Uh, Cause we just drop them off the camp. So Here's something cool my kids are doing this week that you'll like. Uh, they're at horse camp for the whole week, eight to nice. five every day. They go, they, I think they get their own horse for the week and they have to brush it and take care of it. Put a, you know, put the blanket on before you put the saddle, put the bridle on. They teach them the whole thing and they, they ride horses and I don't know. I liked riding horses as a kid, you know, from our, you don't like riding horses now. I like riding horses. They, it hurts my back so bad because of that bulging disc that it just doesn't, I don't do well for extended for a four hour ride up into the mountains just beats me down. Um, I hope they're having a great time. I hope they find, uh, that, that, you know, that, that, that they're able to connect to those animals in such a way as that, you know, throughout their life, they're comfortable around them and that they can jump on them and do things like we do. But for your sake, I also hope that it doesn't take and that they don't come back demanding horses. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say a prayer for you in that regard. How many horses do you have? <sighs> we have a horse. Uh, 
you know, thankfully Riley is just such a rock star. She works, she's at the horse farm right now. In fact, Ashley just came and let me know she's gonna pick her up. Uh drug her friend who's staying the night out there to do some work. Um so you know, she puts in enough hours at the horse farm that it's not as costly for us to keep a horse as it would be otherwise. Mm. Uh, we do a lot of basically bartering. She works off what it costs. So, uh, but yeah, good. It's expensive proposition. We did kind of luck out though. I don't know if I don't, I don't think we've ever shared this. So six years ago, I guess, um, you know, Ed, my dad's buddy, Ed. Yeah. Ed and Linda had moved to Wimberley sometime well before that bought like six or eight acres outside Wimberley and they were raising all kinds of different livestock and uh, Ed's an old horse guy, old live, you know, farm and ranch kind of guy. And um, a, a mare, she was, I think a quarter horse had been bred by a thoroughbred or it might be, might be vice versa, but you know, unplanned, like a stallion broke into her pen or whatever and bred her. Uh, and another mare, I think. And Ed showed up at this place and found the stallion trying to kill a colt. Uh, and he had already killed another colt, mm. um, which much like bears and other stuff, right? Like baby comes out, stallion will just stomp its brains in so that it can mm. breed the mare again, right? Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Makes humans look pretty civilized. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just wish that we could get the leftists to watch nature as metal, mm-hmm. follow, follow nature as metal. But anyway, um, so he's like attacking this colt, like a, like a few hour old, like it had just dropped, right? Baby, baby, baby. And uh, he's got him by the hindquarter, like biting on his hindquarter and like pulling on him. And they managed to break the situation up and Ed took the colt home and raised it. And so he's half thoroughbred half quarter horse which is called an appendix horse for some weird reason Mm -hmm. um we raised him up to like four did some basic like conditioning type training getting him used to you know he didn't really like train him train him but he was working with him right kind of mild minimally working with him and we reached a point two years ago where the girls were going out there and working on their farm for the summer actually the summer of the original covid and um, we worked a deal out where we bought the horse. Like he started to think this horse had a lot of potential because it was just a handsome looking animal, right? Um, and he wanted somebody that was going to put the horse to work to do something. So we bought the horse off of the guy for like 1500 bucks, right? Um, and we've been training him, raising him ever since. We've got him at a facility here in town where the lady who runs it is... The place was bought by a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, and her husband, and that's um, you know basically like a passion project for them. And they went out and found one of the top Western style trainer uh, trainer and you know rodeo gals they could find. This lady named Mariah, um, she's a real legit you know badass. And so he's getting like great training and about a year and a half ago she was like if you ever think about selling this horse let me know i want to buy him because i think i could ride him in the national finals rodeo we're like whoa the other day another family offered 20 grand for this horse bye there's no paper no papers bye (laughs) horse 
Bye, horse. <laughs> See, this is the difference between yeah. like a, a, a family dog that's like part of the family that lives at your house. Okay. Yeah. I could see not even for 20 grand doing that. But a horse, you could be like, honey, I'll, I'll get you two more to replace this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, or here's her 20 world, grand for way. your college tuition. Yeah. And so, you still get another trust horse. Me, my first thought was, boy, Bye that horse. sounds like a deal. Um, but the kid is as attached to that horse as we are to our pet. I'm so I like him too, to be fair. A, the biggest, the biggest thing but... is that the family that made the offer is kind of notorious around the horse farm. They have an animal there that they basically just neglect and mistreat uh, to the extent that it pisses off Riley and her coach. Um, and because they neglect and mistreat it and they've got a daughter who's real flippant, like she's super into the horse one day and then just doesn't even want to go out there the next day. And, so they're not continuing this horse's education and progression and just being, you know, kind of left to, to rot. And so their thought is that they're one of those, they're those types of people who are just like, oh, we'll just throw more money at it. Mm. She likes this horse now. So let's just buy this horse and offer them something that we think they can't refuse. So, you know, if this was a, you know, a family or an individual that. Here's what you do. You go to Riley and you say, what's the number? What's it going to take? was it going to take to get rid of this horse? We'll get you another one. <laughs> then you go back to that family and said, this is the number. Well, to their point, I don't and know. If how the horse is still going to stay at that same there. stable. She could still see it and maybe ride it. True. It'd be like, they bought the horse, but she still gets to like be a part of the horse's life. It's a win-win. <laughs> I don't see any, I don't see any negatives here. Sell the damn No downsides. Uh, yeah. It's not happening, but uh, trust me. Like, kids hmm. are expensive probably clear, clearly it's the best investment we've made so far <laughs> i guess our house is doing uh the uh all the property taxes that i'm protesting at the moment indicate that our house investment will pay off in the long run but well you can thank uh, californians for that my crypto investments on the other hand Whew. i don't even look right now there's no point this is going to piss you off don't even look at it it's true Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not the best. Um, well, I got I got nothing left for today. I don't know if you have anything. Um give me a second. Okay. So something this morning about <clears throat> uh about the administration buying cell phone tracking data on, I think, let's see, I got to pull it up. Uh, 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 there's all sorts of interesting stuff in, in news today and in, in the non, in the unapproved uh, version of the news. Mm -hmm. The true version. Right. That you mean the actual news, not the right. left wing the real propaganda news. machine. Yeah. Yeah, Biden regime and Fox and News feds. is the same, dude. Fox News is just on the other end of the spectrum. Oh, for sure. They're <laughs> controlled opposition. Yeah. That's what Fox News is. Controlled opposition. Let's see. A new bombshell report by the Electronic Freedom Foundation has blown the lid off of the vast secretive partnership between private companies and the federal government to surveil and track the movements of millions of people. According to the EEA, 
EFF, the Biden regime's alphabet agencies, including ICE, the FBI, the Secret Service, Homeland Security. I think Security we had a story on DOD. something similar to this like six weeks ago or so. It's ringing a bell. Uh, oh, yeah. You mentioned the ICE thing, right? They were tracking yeah. people. Yep. Yeah. yep. It was a uh, LA Times or San, San Diego yeah. newspaper article, I think you read. It was, yeah, it was definitely ICE. Um, it's coming back now. What is the point, though? Why are they doing it? But they were using like geo tracking and buying it from the private sector so they could see what everyone's doing. Yep. Apparently, they're buying it. The government is buying this data on us now, which, I mean, to like to the surprise of nobody. Right? I mean, nobody. Shouldn't be anyway. If yeah. they're tracking, if, if the companies are tracking us, you can bet your ass the government wants their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Have I told you my, um, what I think is my silver bullet uh, when confronting someone who's in the throes of, of a Trump derangement and or just sort of leftist sympathy? You should ask anybody who you're arguing with, do you trust politicians? And when they inevitably, you know, all of them, say all of them, right, left, doesn't matter. Just do you trust politicians generally? When they should inevitably say no, you just say, so then tell me why you trust the government to run, run your life and make decisions for you? That's pretty similar to what I say. I just ask them, do you think, this is what I've been saying lately. I said it to my, my mother-in-law uh, when we were at the beach this past weekend or 4th of July. So do you think the government cares about you? Do you really think that the government cares about you? Yeah, what does she say? She didn't have an answer, which to me says no. Because she can't, right. if, you, if you believe they do, you would fire off yes. Right. Yeah, the hesitation <laughs> speaks volumes, right? No, if you think about it, you know that they don't care about you. And, you know, the vaccines are the, the, the main thing in my lifetime that's letting me know that they don't give a crap about any of us. Yeah. Oh, dude, this last two years has been. Um, if you would have asked me two years ago, I like would have been shocking. like, I would have been hesitant be like, I think that there's politicians that care about American citizens. I still think there, there are a few. Like, I think Trump genuinely wanted to make America a better place. But he's just so toxic that, you know, he got in his own way. Yeah, um, I think it's possible. Uh, but I also think it's just as likely that he was a controlled opposition plant all along too. That the secret phone call he had with uh, Bill Clinton before running was, hey, I got a brilliant idea on how we can sabotage the Republican Party and get Hillary elected. And then that turned out he won and he was like, all right, let's pivot. How do we figure out how to make uh, the entire establishment uh, so skeptical of conservatives that they're willing to track them and imprison them and um, hide the fact that we're grooming their kids from them. What are you Speaking doing? Speaking of that, where are you at on McKinney? I'm playing with my lightsaber. Where am I at on what? Uh, the McKinney. Uh... Oh, I haven't. No, I haven't sorted that out yet. I'm gonna, it's on the list. <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll circle back. Yeah. The McKinney ISD stuff where they're trying to silence the only conservative board member and i and i live in mckinney by the way that's ridiculous you're 42 year old 41 year old man and you have a lightsaber 
Uh, all I can say is that we kind of got into I don't even know what to say Star Wars stuff uh, when we went to Disney World and I got a little carried away and I got to experience it firsthand on both occasions that I came to your ranch over over in December because Riley had on like the Star Wars trilogy plus all the other Star Wars and it was you couldn't even hear yourself think in the main living room of the house because it was so loud yeah thankfully that's she's laid low on that for a little bit it's been um lord of the rings uh top gun most recently i had mm. them watch top gun and then took them to watch the new one and now they watch the first a sex one scene in top gun. i know i know i know they fast forward through it but i know mm. it's uh yeah i know it's tricky <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> We're I like not it. Perfect. It's a great movie. Yeah. The original is, dude, it holds up so much. I don't know when the last time you watched Top Gun from start to finish is, but it's awesome. It's a good movie. Yeah. And I've heard from uh, my sister and my brother and his wife that it is awesome. And Aaron and I need to go see it. The so, new one? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard only good things about it. Like real pro America. Yeah. No, they went the whole opposite direction. I mean, that's why it did so well. Yeah. And then uh, oh, no... and then uh the new Buzz Lightyear, like it, it didn't tank. I mean it made money, but it was expected to do really well. But when you replace Tim Arnold with uh who's the Captain America guy? Chris somebody, Evans maybe because of Tim Arnold's political leanings, uh, guess what? People, yep. um, Tim Allen, sorry. I'm calling him Tim right. Arnold. I don't know. Tim Allen. Tim Arnold, yeah. I think, was married to Roseanne. Like, I think, uh, isn't that Tim Arnold? That was anyway, Tom Arnold. Tom Very Arnold. Close. And butchering the whole thing. <laughs> Home improvement, people like, it turns out. They like Tim yeah. Allen. They like Santa Claus. Yep. And they liked him as Bud Light, Buzz Lightyear. And the movie didn't do very well. So couldn't happen to a better group of people. Go woke. You know the rest. Um, all right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 86 of Justified Pursuit. All you Californians out there, be more like James Vanderbeek if you're coming to Texas for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys next week. Give us a review. Five stars only. Dance floor hot while I'm gone.